Hi, I'm Sophie, and I haven't seen a lot of films. Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm here to help with that. And we are... SP Film Viewers. In terms of hotels, can you think of an example of like the best or worst experiences you've had? Off the I top of your head? Can't think of the best. Uh, um, that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I can definitely. It's it's funny, isn't it? How everyone can always think of the worst. The worst. Yeah, which it's always a funny story to tell. <laughs> is we were on a coach trip, and for some reason we were, we were in Manchester, and then we stayed in a hotel in Blackpool. It was called the Sunny Days Inn. Don't go. If I don't know if it's open now, to be fair. I can imagine with COVID, it'll close down. Hmm. It was the worst place ever. It didn't have any heating. It was freezing. It was in the middle of December because it was Christmas. And they gave you a little radiator to put in your room. They were meant to provide food, and they had to go back to Iceland and or <laughs> Aldi and get yeah. the cheapo, like, smart price. <laughs> like, I remember seeing oh. the smart price, like... You know them shitty garlic breads, like like rock hard ones you put them in because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. that crap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never skimp on bread and never skimp on garlic bread either. Well, no, you don't, and especially if it's a hotel, you'd thought you'd provide your guests with a bit of better food than maybe what you'd get in your own cupboard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spend a little bit more on it. You want some level of quality. Yeah. <laughs> to the food, at least you don't even you don't, shouldn't have to know where it it comes from. The well, notion of him walking. Yeah. In. <laughs> With the frozen food bags, bags. Yeah. yeah. It was awful. We actually yeah. just didn't eat there. We went and got McDonald's. That's how bad it was. Old reliable. What about yourself? Have you got any... No horror stories like that <laughs> as such, but the only one that sort of springs to mind of like a really dingy place I stayed at was, I guess it was a hotel, more like a and b really, when I went for a job interview down in... London one time and just like oh I need the cheapest hotel <laughs> possible I could get really and yeah for any obviously you know London prices like yeah. and stuff it's like you, you, you get as well. yeah it was absolutely shocking it was like a poky little yeah just so like oh, yeah I, no I said that's probably the worst if you can call it that but you know <laughs> nothing springs around like amazing like hotels obviously we've been in, to Japan and I think like a Ryokin or something like that, I would say yeah. there's plenty there that we did stay in which were beautiful, mm-hmm. but not one of those like luxury star five star ones yeah. hotels. Yeah. Yeah. I think the closest one I got to was Australia when went for work was nice. However, after five weeks of being in a hotel, you get sick of being in a hotel. hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the novelty wears off and it becomes like your home and then you're getting kind of used to the people that work there. First term. Yeah, yeah. Basis with the names. I used to get little hampers in my room because I was there that long. Oh, that was nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm bringing up the hotel subject, obviously, is because the film we're going to be covering is called The Grand Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson. Sure, it's not George Ezra? Budapest. No? This song. <laughs> and this was way before he was on the scene. When you say it, that's the straight way that song goes into yeah. my head. So I know we've recently seen a film of Wes Anderson's on Disney Plus, and that was The French Dispatch. And it's probably not the a good example. Not to say that the film was bad, but it was, to even I admit, it was a bit like... Confusing. Disconjoined. Yeah, <clears throat> or, yeah, a bit like all over the place a little bit in terms of structure and stuff with that. So it was a bit like... Was what? Bill Murray in this one as well? He was in that one, yeah. It's like he uses quite a few of the same people in his films. You know, obviously mm. a reliable cast. and Yeah, but it, I don't know. So when you said that to me, it kind of put me off a little bit. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see because I've always want been intrigued in this. Mm-hmm. And then you said that and I was like, oh, if it's going to be anything like that, that just no, flitted this, here, there and everywhere and th- confused me. This one is probably what most, if you say, where's Anderson 
this is what they normally jump to as the film. It's the one that's most popular, I'd say. Right. Most mainstream, I suppose, I guess. Apart from Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I adore. I don't know why you adore it so much. Yeah. She's so cute. It's just because it still has this, the style he puts into his films, but I think it's just because it's the stop motion element of it. Yeah. It's really, it's amazing how it's all put together and how much time and effort is put into those things. It takes obviously a lot longer than animation, normal digital animation. So It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Very intricate. Yeah. So this one, I think you'll probably enjoy I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very colourful and mm. the, the, all the cinematography in this is like, like almost a, like a portrait, really. Of I even things. knew it was colourful and yeah. I don't know why I knew that because I haven't seen it. No. But you've got some of the people involved in this. It's like an ensemble cast. It's weird. Yeah. You've got um, what, some of the names, like Ralph, I think it's Ralph Fiennes, who's Voldemort in... Harry Potter. I was going to say that name yeah, rang a bell. And, yeah. Willem Dafoe, who's in Spider Man. Willem Dafoe. Um, <laughs> looking Norman Osborne. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Seems so weird. Is he going to be like a sexualized character? No. No? No. no. Uh, Jude Law. Where was he on that? There. Oh, yeah, I can see yeah. him now. Shown her the cover I've got. <laughs> um, Bill Murray. As I yep. say, like he's Classic. a main staple in the film. So is Owen Wilson. Wow. I hate him. I don't really hate him, hate him, but I just, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's up there with, not yeah. as bad as Adam Sandler, but. Mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, who was in that short film we watched the other day as well. The, I feel uh, like the, I recognised The human him. voice. Yeah. That was strange yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. In, in pre-other films as well. And the first role that t- says Tony Revolori, Rev- Rev- who was in the new uh, Spider-Man film, as he is the uh, Flash, <laughs> Flash Thompson. The best friend? No, not the best friend, no. The one who's been asked to Peter Parker. Probably won't remember him as such, but he's the one who's like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't get on with the thing, but then he tries to be his friend. Later on, I think. But anyway, yeah, so it's his first role. So those are names you might know, but obviously through the film you might be like picking up, oh, I've seen, she looks familiar or he looks familiar. Probably, so, you know me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, so lastly, before we get into watching the film, the blurb on the back. Yep. The Grand Budapest Hotel recounts the adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars. And... Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. The story involves the theft and recovery of a priceless Renaissance painting, a raging battle for an enormous family fortune, a desperate chase on motorcycles, trains, sleds and skis, and the sweetest confection of a love affair, all against the backdrop of a suddenly and dramatically changing continent. I'm just processing, like, everything you've said. No, I don't expect you to. Um, to... I just, the love affair, I'm like, hmm. I feel like I saw on the front cover that like, there might be a little romance between, like, the younger two characters. Hmm. But now I'm like, affair? And so I'm already trying to, you know, like, Cluedo trying to figure out who it would be. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. I'm excited to to see it. I just yeah, hope I it's like it. has been on the list for a while, to be honest. Yeah. Your long list, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for you to see that is... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we will be back shortly with our thoughts. Or your thoughts, more specifically. It's all about me. <laughs> Dear God. I'm terribly sorry, sir. We must go to her. We must. Too sweet. She needs me, and I need you to help me with my bags and so on. Attendez moi, darling. How fast can you pack? Five minutes. Do it. And bring a bottle of the Puy Jouvet 26 in an ice bucket with two glasses so we don't have to drink the cat piss they serve in the dining car. And we're back. And how was 
your stay at the Grand Budapest Hotel, Sophie. Are you asking me when it was in its prime or when it's derelict and looking like it should be knocked down? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like... It was short at the beginning when it was reflecting on how things were in the 30s. It didn't look that bad when it was when he was, he was telling the story in the 60s. No, but it looked like... It was one of those run-down hotels where it hadn't been given a bit of love. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go when it had just first, first opened. I think then that would be like one of those fanciful hotels you'd want to stay in. It looked like one of those hotels that had just needed a bit of love by the end of it, bless it. But overall, the movie is really brilliant. It's not really much about the hotel as such. No, of course not. No, it's more about the, the people who evolved. Involved and a painting. It's more of like a um, like a comic caper type. It feels thing. a little bit like a Charlie Chaplin in some like the comic Running Away. There was a lot of running away scenes and it the, the comedy in it felt oldie in a sense. Right to it. I, have you seen? Any no, but I, I studied just... some of it in uni, so I've kind of seen clips, oh, okay. but I've not really seen yeah. a full Charlie yeah. Chaplin. If that okay. I only, I only ask, but uh, I haven't. I know of obviously Charlie Chaplin and his, you know, his comic timing and, and stuff, mm. but I've not really seen a film of his in, in its entirety. And I've got a, a a set with films in that. Is, is that something you may yeah. be interested in? 100%. At, at some point, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. okay, cool. Because I like that humour. It's kind of that simplistic kind of humour where. Where I would associate it with a Looney Tunes or something like that, like it's you don't really need to know any dialogue or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's more physical humor, but not in a ridiculous yeah. way. Yeah, it's just not stupid. It's, stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. it that humor for me works. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this compared to the French Dispatch, was it more enjoyable as well? Yeah, yeah, I could follow the, the story. story I wasn't lost, like, yeah, like, of who is this and who is that. Yeah. Even though they were flitting back and from the storytellers, it kind of reminded me of The Life of Pi, a little bit the way it did it. So it was kind of, you sat down, two people talking about a story that was somebody's past life, mm-hmm. and then flitting a little bit to them, but mainly you kind of going... We're in the past. We're in the past. And did you notice how the screen... Aspect ratio was changing as well. No. <laughs> Did you ever really know? No. Okay. What do you mean? Well, by what I mean by that is, like, at the very beginning, when the the the, the narrator or the storyteller was the the older man was in that uh, that study or whatever, yeah, and the boy came in and was like, oh, mess, messing stuff around or whatever, shooting a like, gun or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like really like zoomed in on the. The, the framing mm-hmm. around it there's a lot of black around that for like the like the what would be the present day for that yeah. setting then when it went to 1960s when that same man who was in his young years mm-hmm. which was Jude Law's character uh, it was the, the it was in widescreen didn't connect that they, they, that was Jude yeah. Law <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's was I forgot for. about him at the beginning. To yeah. be fair, yeah. yeah, again, he was only a minor <laughs> element to the to that. But the rest of the film, when it was set in the thirties, was in just squared. That framing. makes sense though, because the camera formatting as well, probably, because they did have like they were more square, medium format well, kind of. Well, I think the film, film. would have been in sixties. To be fair, so I don't think that's quite. True in the fact that oh well that's a, when the time period when TVs would have been that way but I get your sense of I'm just thinking of the film though as well yeah. like they normally were square yeah 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 films oh, and yeah. such when yeah but no I liked it I really did I didn't notice any of that though that you're saying any of that didn't mm. even realize the old man was Jude Law at the beginning so basically you're telling me the author was Jude Law that heard the story of zero basically mm. yeah but then you don't really see him he's like at the beginning for yeah fraction and maybe. At the end, I don't remember That's him at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so oblivious when I yeah. watch films, aren't I? Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that you didn't pick up on the, the way that the they didn't fill up the screen like a normal. No, maybe if I watched no. it again, I would look out for it. But no. it's like we watched Jurassic World, and we went with your lovely friend Alex. Who, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the Jurassic Parks three, go and check it out. Yeah. Um, but we went with his um partner as well, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And there was a scene that we were both looking out for with somebody getting taken off a scooter. Oh, yeah. One of those things where you're looking and looking and looking and then you don't see it. And I think, I don't know if it's a female thing. We're taking the film for what it is. We're looking at everything that is there, but nothing really in the background. We're looking at the characters. We're looking at the story. We're looking at the lead. We're not looking. To be fair, though, with that, I only knew that that some like that seen existing because of seeing it in trailers and and people are like oh look at this bit where this guy's getting eaten well, so i knew that was going to come and obviously i've seen that situation multiple times on like amount of times seen on clips and stuff yeah so that's but that's why but, alex's partner shani was looking for that and she was evidently looking out for it and still it's missed it it's a split one of those, second thing yeah though, almost but then like, if you're looking at the story and the not... character's over there and then that happens that's the person you know we're not going to see it are we I know no. you do because you're like one of those people who sees not, everything not, near enough. Not all the time, to be fair. Uh, to the fact of I didn't actually. There's there's a moment where a continuity error in this film that my brother picked up on mm. that I didn't actually twig on until after the fact he pointed it out to me. So like this is that this is something I was remembering this film in particular. He's he's not a big like into watching a lot of films, but he noticed that the character Agatha, who was Zero's, like, squeeze <laughs> yeah, at the time in his younger years, it was the camera was facing, she was, like, profile, sat on the bed, sat in bed, and her nightgown, slip strap, whatever, mm-hmm. was, was down on her shoulder. Then there was a shot where it just cut to her, like, mid-close-up, and it was up on her shoulder. She hadn't moved it. No. But then cuts back to the other angle and then it's down again. So there's 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 observations like that that you might not see all the time. So it's so I don't yeah to the Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, I'm not saying oh like look out for this one thing because it's 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 just a very minor. Thing, I don't know but... how Joe noticed it unless he was quite liking it and watched it quite avidly <laughs> yeah, for... that he was like fixated because yeah. I missed it completely. Like it was like no, didn't even see yeah. it come in. So. Yeah. But even that hold held on for a lot longer for that scene, as opposed to someone getting eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah. So I'm just oblivious. I just watch things and don't fully take all of it mm. in. I guess I watch it for what it is mm. on the screen. But sometimes you do pick up on on certain things. But when we done like first watches and stuff, and you kind of like, oh, I'm surprised, or you like, oh, you you know how the plot's going to go, maybe, maybe not so much. Is that see? Yeah. I know how where the plot will go, and I know how it'll end. I'm very good at. A, yeah. kind of predicting the story but things that bless them somebody yeah. thinks oh this will be good to put in the background i will probably not i'll be oblivious no. to it but this is why it's good to have you know things to rewatch sometimes and like in this there's so, so many like small intricacies with that how the cinematography and the backgrounds of the hotel and all these and all these other elements got going on the intricacies that are put into this meticulousness even down to things like printouts you see them on screen for like letters or the newspaper or, yeah things like that constantly yeah. thing and he's like he has put like a lot of work into like even writing out the, the stuff on himself not just like scribbly lines like the easy way of doing mm-hmm. it or just like here's just a block of text that was it Laura Nipson which is kind of like just filler text that you would just when you put it into like a Microsoft Word or something like that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fills out it for you to make it look like this text there, but it's all stuff that the director, Wes Anderson, has written out purposely. So there's there's meaning probably to all that he's written down on these things and you don't even really see it yeah. for, what, like half a second when but it's panning down. I feel like you must appreciate that more because within your line of work, there is like a background that you'll draw that will take you quite a while. Yeah. And then it'll be up on screen for like maybe three seconds. Exactly, yeah. And then it's gone. Yeah. But the amount of effort that you've had to actually go into. Yeah. yeah, it's just like anything. You build something, like you, you might make a cake that looks so like amazing and then it's 
you know, caught it into it and eaten and whatever, destroyed. And yeah. that's like... But at least if it's out, then that's a compliment. <laughs> if it is, if it's left, that's when it's not. Yeah, yeah. Easier to destroy something is to build. But there's also like little miniatures as well. Did you notice with the film? Yeah, particularly like the some of the shots were like the exterior of like long distance thing with the hotel or that little like tram carriage that leads up to the hotel, hotel and stuff. That's all like model work. All right, no, I didn't know. Miniatures because the, the way way it looks or the way it moves, it's not <laughs> nothing looks like that in real life. <laughs> Yeah, because I asked you where this place was, the hotel, if it was a real place, and you was like, no, it's kind of all, it's all made fictional. up. Yeah. There's obviously influences of the like East European mm-hmm. style of hotels or buildings and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of, you know, obviously when doing scouting out for stuff and he was looking for like hotels that kind of matched that, but he couldn't find anywhere to that you know, fit the criteria. So what he ended up doing was he like kitted out a like a big shopping mall, right? That had obviously like the balconies and stuff. So and then obviously like revamped it all up to make it all look like a hotel. So there's a lot oh, of gosh, time and cost a fortune and effort to make those interiors. Wow, uh, and all the colours. You as think well. about all yeah, all the lights, all the you know the polish on the metal and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and all these wonderful things that are put into the background that's all like made from scratch because obviously it's like it's a very fanciful looking place yeah obviously does in in his head you know it's bringing that idea to life but obviously such a place doesn't really exist (laughs) in terms of um structure and appearance so you know make it your own fantastic but like jesus how much budget did they have (laughs) for this film wow it shows all the effort that is put in the background. That is like obviously the hotel looks really grandeur. Yeah, it does, but it, it's quite garish at the same time with the colours and stuff. So there's like pink building. It's got like red elevator, all these weird and kind of kooky mm-hmm. colours. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Overlook. Overlook over- Hotel. Yeah. Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, with the way that it kind of had that vibe of the yeah. building obviously not until it got like really dark and sinister <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't going that way it was yeah. quite opulent mm-hmm. within that hotel yeah it's the same kind of oh, no no you mean yeah yeah so. yeah do you think it's funny that we get certain characters within here like obviously you've got some really good leads so you've got he said his name jude law yeah who now is the author of the book which i didn't realize and um, you have jeff goldberg as an account Whatever his name is, he's Goldberg to me. As an accountant or like a financial advisor, as well as like a will. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really strange role to see him Why is it strange? Play, because all I've seen him in is Jurassic Parks, where he's like, look at me, and trying to be all sexy and everything. (laughs) I did prefer him in, I won't lie, I did prefer him in Jurassic World. This one, the, the new one. Yeah. No spoilers, everyone, but he does seem a bit more humble. Yeah, well, he's, you know... He's not, like, trying to get in everyone's pants. He's seen things, man. <laughs> so, we also have Bill Murray. Yeah, he's a main sta- the... staple in these... But films. he's not there long. He's, like, no, no. a little blip of him. Yeah. We have Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. He's actually all right when he's got a nose. <laughs> it's a bit dishy. Yeah. Yeah? He's the main... Guys, uh, uh, Gustav, Gustav, and he's got a good voice. Well, yeah, he does. It's a nice, yeah. well, Voldemort, voice. Voldemort's voice isn't, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah he so, has done other films. Other than I haven't seen him in any <laughs> other films, <laughs> so I only know him as Voldemort. So it seemed it was mm. nice to see him in yeah. a different yeah, light yeah. than than Voldemort. Mm. Um, who else have we got? You were saying we've got. Um, I think I've seen. Agatha, but I can't remember what in. Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. She was in that Galway Girl video. Oh, Sharon. was she? Yeah. She had blonde hair. Blonde. blonde. <laughs> I don't know, just I'm sure her hair's different. You can dye your hair. Yeah, yeah, like... you can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's Irish. She's got a lovely yeah. Irish blonde. accent. Yeah. Straight away reminded me of film bloggers. Um, <laughs> Fiona. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's certain things, like film. Um, and I shouldn't say it, but in yeah. my head I was yeah, like yeah. thinking it's of them. It's just that way, yeah. Yeah. 
I love good Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, again, Owen Wilson, who's he had a small part as well, really. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was minimal. I, yeah. It didn't really bother me. No, no. It was like, oh, he was there. Now he's mm-hmm. gone. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Just the right amount of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tilda Swinton, as I say, is the, the old... She's not there long either, to be fair. Died. Yeah. She's she looked got... haggard. Oh, that's a lot of makeup, though. Because she doesn't normally look like that. But they did a good job of making her look that way. But it's all shows with this film. I think it's a lot of opulence. It's a lot of grandeur. Shows the rich life, and it shows how money is the root of all evil, basically. Because when someone dies, you mourn over that person, and you should be upset for the loss, not thinking, "Oh, what am I going to gain?" Yes, yeah, and it's there for the will and testament. Yeah, it's just awful. Of people coming out the woodwork there. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing nowadays. So that's what it is. It's more, oh, I, what can I get? Not, oh, that person was a big part of my life. I'm going to be lost without them. I just think that just seems absurd to me. So obviously we've got his main act who, he's a bit of a sleaze, is Voldemort, isn't he? What's his name? Victor? Gustav. Gustav. So we've got Gustav who, he's a bit of a sleazeball with womanising, I'd, I'd say. He yeah, likes his old, <laughs> old women. Of a, like, certain, that can be blonde like, and everything. And rich. So I yeah. don't know if he is a little bit of one of those where it's like... I'll go, you know, like a girl would go with somebody and they call them like a sugar daddy kind of yeah. thing. I don't know if it's more like equivalent of that, thinking, oh, will I get in a will and get something? I don't know if that's, or if he genuinely does care for them. Cause it just... wasn't like in particularly Tilda Swinton's character that he was, oh, like she's going to die, so I'm going to inherit her money. No. And I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just that he just likes that certain type of woman. But he's not but really loyal to any of them. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> he's got like a little bit of a harem going on of older women, which does seem strange because he could get somebody his own age is, you know, a manager well, of a lovely adds, hotel. adds to the comic value of the, the film in that way. But he has a helping hand with, obviously, Zero, who is the lobby boy. I love that relationship that they've got. Yeah. I think it's really, yeah. really key. And I think it's one of those where... You were saying it's Zero's as the actor's first kind of role. That's right, because it's an introducing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that having somebody working, such a young actor working alongside somebody who's been well-known, that's like a really good way to start off your career, really. So It's normally the way it goes, yeah. It's kind of helping shadow yeah. him. It's not like you've just thrown him into a main lead act. And I think the relationship they've got on it, stage works. Yeah, even though it's, it's kind of a... He's quite integral to the mm. story, so... He is, you know. yeah, but I think... But he did a good job of being... Again, it's kind of like the fact that he's like introducing him as his main role and it's almost like a, his first day on the job, literally. Yeah, he's yeah. like being the lobby boy and everything, like, who are you? And It works really stuff, well. So it's kind of a sort of like nervous disposition about himself and not being sure of himself. And I like the fact that he like draws on a little moustache <laughs> to make him appear more like grown up and everything. Yeah, and older. To, yeah. And you see him age throughout a little bit as well and grow grow up in his appearance and obviously he gets um, Agatha and such, so you kind of rooting for Zero. You also get a touch of how racism was as well back in the day and how people were certain people were tra- like on the train, so you yeah. didn't have a passport. And I really liked how, obviously, Zero, with with his manager as well, it was like one of those things where he always stuck up for him. He was always like, you know, he's working for me. Mm. He's got a visa. And bless him, they used to always get a beating, mm-hmm. but he would always stick by Zero. It was like he kind of took him in as his own son. Yeah, for whatever reason, because obviously initially he was like, oh, like what experience have you got and everything? A bit like wary about him, but then soon quickly warmed up for him. Really, I think he kind of just saw that he was a good hard worker and you know, wanted to be the best he could be and that's what he, I guess, saw in himself, perhaps. In yeah, so. and I think as well it's, he had nobody and I don't think really yeah. either one had anybody really and I think that's, they created that's right. their own yeah, family. Sort of about what he explained about his, you know, being an immigrant really, essentially. Yeah. Because he didn't know that at the point. There was a, like a point in the, the film where Gustav says like this and it's like, oh, sorry, I take all that back because I didn't know what how bad you had it really 
with your, your, your loss of your family and all that mm. kind of stuff. So, even um, though he's been in prison and he's a yeah. bit of a diva, isn't he? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how could you possibly not get my <laughs> perfume my or, or aftershave? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. he's a bit flamboyant, really. Within this, it's quite comical. Yeah, yeah. his character. He says, like, darling as well, as he? Like, it's almost like a very camp yeah. way of coming across. But, but he, at the same time, he's got a harem of women. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's very odd, isn't it? Is but this... again, it's just like the finer things, I think, is really, that's more just how he is. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, back to the whole Will reading and stuff, and it's like, oh, they're on the run from Madame Dees, who's, who's Tilda Swinton's character. She, she dies... And her son is like, you know, obviously the one who's mainly wanting to get the money and everything. But there's like a priceless portrait called Boy with Apple. It's really original is yeah. the title. It's like... Again, really funny that how that is like it's just it saying it Boy with Apple is just like such a... Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh, it's... But it's like, oh, it's fantastic. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because we're just not in that kind of grandeur, opulence kind of vibe where Boy with Apple, or if it's just they're trying to take a bit of the mick from it. I, I feel that's more it, I'd hope. I don't know. But, I mean, it's not even like a very big. I know. Uh, I don't portrait. even know what the the whole thing's about. It doesn't even look that cracking no. when we've seen it. No. Because I know obviously art is subjective, but I mean, it, it, I do prefer that kind of realism painting rather than some like some abstract squiggly line thing and that being like oh that's this is the best thing ever and it's worth millions and millions but but... then i did like dali and i did like picasso i would say that they're quite great artists however like david hockney like his is like as boring as old it's like a five-year-old could have painted that and it it still goes i know i shouldn't slag him off because he's like ah kind of famous artist from bradford but i don't think he's that great Hmm. i really don't I think definitely there is other like I like Andy. I think that's Andy, Andy Warhol. Warhol. Yeah. yeah, love he's the, all the dots. dots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that comic style. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I do know my paintings. <laughs> <laughs> don't know boy with apple though. No, don't know boy with apple. Again, this is all fictional, so it's yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I see some some photography because we mm-hmm. learn all about about that as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he does get caught and everything, but. When he's in the prison, it kind of reminds me a little bit of... Can I guess what you're going to say? Go on. Paddington. Yeah, Paddington too, yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah, you were going to say that. that. It's obviously because he's like well-spoken and everything yeah. like that. And he's kind of like coming around with the, the, the food, trying to ask him for, like, would you like some yeah. slop or do whatever? Want, do you want a marmalade sandwich? <laughs> Yeah, I wondered if you'd tw- had you written that down as well. Or no, you, but I thought it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he gets everyone to kind of join in, in with him and yeah. escape, which that's what Paddington does. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of find that amusing. Obviously, this was way before that was a, th- a thing, but yeah, I can see the parallel there. I wonder if Paddington kind of got the idea, the idea from yeah. there, thinking, oh, that's a great scene. We'll like, <laughs> we can use that. I do think that lots of this is just golden within everything it, it does mm-hmm. just everything about it you've got really lovable characters everywhere you go so you've got agatha and zero they they are such a cute couple and on the third day he asks her to marry him mm-hmm. and it's like he's just like absolutely besotted by her mm-hmm. and even when agatha's getting interviewed for a job and he's like zero's like are you flirting with her mm-hmm. <laughs> i know it's not going to, no it's not a job it's it's what, to... what is it for then it's to an interview to obviously like see if she's worthy of being his oh, right. uh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. bless. Yeah. Imagine that. That happened nowadays. Jesus. I don't yeah, know. If, no, the job and... Would I have got past your parents? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would have done. <laughs> what about you with mine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be a harder audience. And it just. The whole comical thing, but he's really he even he Gustav thinks Agatha's a perfect fit in the end. She helps she's the one actually that does all the hard work. Mm-hmm. She helps him get out of jail by baking the goods in. Yeah, the there's um the called Mendel's is like this fanciful cake patisserie. thing, yeah. Like there's mac- macaroons or whatever you call them. I don't rate macaroons. No. No, they look pretty, but when you put them in the mouth they're a disappointment. 
Is that more of like a seen as top tier, like all the upper class cakes or uh, sweet treat, but they just leave a lot to be desired? Yeah, it's basically yeah. just a meringue. And I wouldn't pick eat a mess any day as a pudding. No. no. Oh, I was eating mess. Do you? Yeah. Nice. No. It's like, why do I want cut up meringue into some strawberries? Like, give me Bell a crumble. Fruit salad, that is well, like, yeah, that's, that is, that like is the, the worst <laughs> dessert ever. Yeah, it is. But I'd rather have like a crumble or ice cream or something chocolatey. Mm. I would more go for that than eating mess. <laughs> See that, and I'm like, <sighs> but yeah, she's she's a brilliant baker. She's able to master baking tools so that they can kind of escape from prison so without her in the story you'd be still in prison yeah. you've got poor jeff goldberg who's goldblum a go- gold bloom yeah. i'm gonna just call him jeff yeah then we'll be yeah. all right yeah. um who he's blessing he's um because of his job and the family that he's working for and it's a bit corrupt isn't it and i don't know if that other guy that chucks his cat out the window is just like Part of the family, or if he's just there, like Henchman. con man, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's um, was it Willem Dafoe who's with Norman Osborn from the Spider Man? Yeah. yeah, he's getting that like, evil yeah. face about him. And he's it's just... awful, bless him. Yeah. Like, if you, I wonder if he's actually married because it's like, well, somebody would just think he's just a bad person because he always no, plays sure bad characters. I'm not entirely sure, actually, but yeah, he's. He's, he chops his fingers off anyway, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I think there was a point That was a point when it startled you, actually, because like, he put his hand on his shoulders <laughs> and then there's like... I thought he'd got away because he saw the bike and everything yeah. and I thought he was going to escape and then he didn't. That was the point where, um, with the museum... Yeah. ...closing in 15 minutes sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said, do you like how... Because it was like one of those ones that you... It's not like a digital one or anything you like that. You manually had to. Yeah, so... And it's the fact that there was a cut to that as well, where it showed 50 minutes and then showed Willem Dafoe's character coming into the building as well. And then it said 14 minutes. So the person who was manning the desk, who was quite away, not away away, but he was a distance from that. So you would have had to get up and change the, yeah. the sign just to do that every minute. So that'd be what like a half. Yeah. <laughs> like close. So but then in that, that awful, you just sat there doing that and it's just. You're watching the time go by. That's yeah. literally your job. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that reason. only a minute gone. Yeah. I've only been here five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got mm-hmm. three three hours in, whatever left. But soon, once he gets out of prison, though, Gustav with Zero, he, he enlists the help of the Society of Crossed Keys. So we used to have a pub that got knocked down near, near ours, old house, called Crossed Keys. Yeah. I feel like this is to do with all the hotel societies, basically. Yeah. They're all, like, kind of interlinked, and it's kind of reminded me of, um, what's it called now? John Wick, where there's a society where you get yeah, into yeah. these hotels. Hitman's, and Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. Secret and, society, yeah. And those kind of things. Yeah, because that was in a hotel, too. I know it wasn't as the level of yeah. what these guys did. And obviously Bill Murray was... Part of, of one yeah. of the hotel, and yeah. so was the squash nose man. Squash nose man. Owen, what? What's the name? Owen Wilson. Yeah. Okay. He was like a owner of a hotel or whatever. And they all had a lobby boy. Yeah. That was like Take their little sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a running thing with that as well. Like concierge who has someone else to like understudy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get into the point of where the free and the Senpo Agatha into getting the picture basically from the hotel. Mm-hmm. The hotel's been taken over by yeah. the Nazis. Well, in, obviously like it didn't, Nazis. didn't say the Nazis, but it's kind of like a was it ZZ on the flags? Or yeah, something? It's it's literally. Like, it's pretty much yeah. That's what it's going to go for in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. But you do feel for Agatha in this because actually she's risking her life more than like anyone. Yet again, no one knows her face, so she's kind of like knows all of this, but she's not. No one knows that she's aware of it, so they send her in to get the picture. And clearly, the whole kind of yet again other comical bit of a shoot off in the lobby and running yeah. away yeah, and all, that kind of stuff, <laughs> all of that comes into it, and hanging off the building with the the picture, mm-hmm. and within that they find the original will. Yeah. That is, everything's going to Gustav, basically. Yeah. Which the family is like, absolutely, 
devastated, but I think one of them basically poisoned her by the sounds of things. And yeah. that's why she changed the will last minute. Mm-hmm. Because if anyone murdered her, she within a family, she would want to give it to, to so, not one of her yeah. family members, which, yeah, I don't blame yeah, her. That's right, that's right, yeah. It kind of ends a little bit bittersweet, I feel. Because you kind of get Zero telling him that him and Agatha grew to kind of get married and you see this happy story and then it sounds like she gets pregnant and sadly that kind of her and the infant both die yeah you don't see that happen and it's it's told in a way that's kind of again like i think it's like a fictional disease that said oh it happened to make it a bit more light-hearted mm-hmm. but not like too despondent on the situation yeah about it it's and moves on quite swiftly with that anyway so it's it does but it's still sad because you kind of see the relationship blossom and he really still even now yeah. when he, when he was going to talk about Ag- agatha was whelming up was zero yeah good staff um actually gets shot sticking up for zero yet again on the train yeah does. um so he loses his life so zero ends up losing yet again two people that are really close to him yeah. and he's kind of on his own again by the end of it, all he's got is everything that Gustav had has gone to zero now. But yeah. he has nothing, no one to share it with. with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very sad in that regard. Yeah. He does. He says he keeps a hotel for Agatha because they were happy there, not for Gustav, but mm-hmm. more because he had fond, fond memories. Yeah. yeah, which is quite a nice sentiment when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It's quite sad, though. Anything else? I think Tried. just the bit at the beginning is obviously the girl with the book mm-hmm. and she puts something on a statue, which yeah. then comes back into play, which is what the cross key statue yeah. is. Yeah. So it's showing that the crusty, cross, the crusty, <laughs> cross key, crossed keys, yeah. Statue is relating to the whole kind of empire of the hotels. Yeah. And it's been never kind of the same mm-hmm. since, really. And it's now more like a, a, a story than actually reality even though bless him zero still has this hotel but it's just not got as much to it now even the lobby boy is not that great is he and that when he's gone off somewhere mm-hmm. and poor zero's like oh he must have gone for his lunch or something and he's, he's doing his job for him but yeah no, i think that's everything on for me mm-hmm. about you now just to reiterate with the whole what i the big selling point for me on this is how you you look at almost every shot and it's how meticulously framed it is. It's almost either like perfectly centred or it it just looks very picturesque in how mm. it's take a still from it and you can print it out and put it on the wall type of <laughs> thing. Even obviously like the way that but again it's just obviously the direct style of movement, how like a character might look one way and then the camera pans, pans in a certain way. To, yeah. to across to a certain situation and and, and all that st- stuff and it's just the way that that's all constructed and thought out is really good as well and it just looks really nice. It's beautiful and it's really colourful and I even knew it was a colourful film before I went into it and I don't know why I knew that but I knew it was. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really know what the film was about to be fair but it exceeded my yeah. expectations. Okay. That's good then. Because... <laughs> To say that, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get confused. I'm not going to be able to follow the storyline. Mm-hmm. All of that since the previous film that we'd seen. Of his, yeah. Was a bit, for me. Yeah. I found it really hard to keep up, whereas this is really lighthearted. It's got really good comedy in it. So, you are up first to score the film? How dare you? <laughs> yep. I think this one's quite easy for me, to be fair. it's It's got everything that I need as a, t- as a tick. It's got comedy which is not cheesy it's it's great it's got color you've got your characters that's good then yeah not no black but and white. It's, it's vibrant, vibrant. It's, yeah, it's vibrant yeah, yeah. it's eye-catching yeah. Yeah. yeah and everything about it is just beautiful yeah it's just stunningly like this hotel you do want to stay in it um even though it doesn't exist but yeah yeah this is the magic of the film isn't it it's yeah. kind of like you, you you see these films because you cannot obviously physically go to a place like that and, and the stuff and it's escapism in that sense yeah mandolin or whatever they're called cupcake them them oh uh mendel's mendel's yeah. mandarin yeah. mendel's um 
that it's like oh, I want to go there. It's like going to like Harrods or Betty's yeah, or something yeah, it, like that. that. Kind of place, yeah. It's you know it kind of gives you that vibe really that this is like a beautiful thing that you don't actually want to eat because it's so stunning. <laughs> but the most important thing for me is your characters. Yeah, and got within plenty of them. within this, you've got three that are golden that mm-hmm. you just love. Mm-hmm. And yes, Zero is my favorite, mm-hmm. and Agatha. That relationship is wonderful, but Gustav is just like this comical, posh, lovable person. Yeah. Even though you like, I really don't want to like you because you could be like this person that appears annoying. There's just something of the heart of gold in him at the same time with the way he takes Zero in. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's going to be a ten. Wow, that actually surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I was not actually expecting a ten from you. Wow. That 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 is actually that actually surprised me. Why? I don't know. I I had in my head that you're gonna like uh, eight or nine. Oh well, I really look. I yeah. wish it. Can I take a picture of your face right now? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> We're gonna have to post that. Okay, do you not think it's ten worthy? Oh, um, it's. I'd put it a nine point five. Okay. The reason it's not a ten for me is that it's a film I haven't seen a lot of. It's kind of just ones that it's it's good to come back to, but I feel like it's not something I need to see like constantly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Really, for me, the strongest points are all the visuals mm-hmm. and and everything you there for that you could just look at the there could be no people <laughs> in the scenes and it just be music or something and panning and that would that'd be like still amazing so um i don't, I don't know what make, would make it a 10 for me but i i, I am still quite like taken back but i really did think that you were going to put it at considerably lower than than that that's if that surprised me there that's good <laughs> Not in like a a, a bad way because I'm I'm quite <laughs> taken aback honestly. I don't know what to say yeah. because it is a really good yeah, film and yeah. it feels like an oldie vibe which you know was seen in the rain for but me. It, it's set in an older period, but it's not. It feels modern if that makes sense. The humour is a more well. No, it's not. I think it is modern because obviously it looks modern. Yeah, but it's, it's still visual. yeah not at the same time. Yeah. They still really worked hard to make it feel old okay for me yeah. and i think it works really really well yeah. so would you <laughs> so it's not like if you're saying that like singing rain was favorite this is this is just in like your top, top 10, 10 favorite yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, it's not beat it's not beat singing in, in the, the rain. rain okay but i would definitely watch but, it again oh okay that's that's well, clearly <laughs> you would so still, yeah, yeah no yeah. no brain i would watch it again okay well, that's good to know i didn't know how you would in how much you enjoy it because of Watching like the French Dispatch mm. and thinking, oh, this is kind of a similar kind of thing, but it's or it's it's a slightly above that or or something. Hundred like percent, yeah. it's it's way better. Like yeah. I would never say to somebody, go watch that one. I wouldn't well, even well, want to rewatch it no? myself. No, because oh, right. it would just really confuse okay. me. And I was just like, I'm back and forth and back and forth. The characters I I'm not connected to. I don't know who is who as a older Roy, and it was just like really kind of more artsy and filmy mm-hmm. if that makes sense whereas this was still had all the elements of of that film but yeah. in a better manner that anyone could watch it and get some level of enjoyment out of it okay. i think that the french dispatch is a certain niche for somebody yeah yeah it's not an over round where everyone can enjoy it yeah whereas this one like i say is definitely more an all rounder of like when you say where's anderson film this is what people normally are drawn to or know him for so and it just ticks all the right boxes mm-hmm. whereas the french dispatch it's like i can't remember a lot of it to be fair and i think mm-hmm. i just remember being confused and mm-hmm. i got bored halfway through and okay. couldn't keep up okay whereas this you know what's happening certain bits i didn't but now you've explained them to me I, i'm really enjoying want to watch it again just so that i can see them okay and see the aspect ratio yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and the fact that the author was at the end where yeah i didn't twig but okay. yeah okay very, very good. Nice okay. to have a, a very positive one this time. Yeah. Yeah, good. 
<laughs> oh, Paul, I love you. You still look <laughs> shocked. It's nice to keep you on your toes. They're normally yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. I like it. Curveball there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And if you would like to check out some of our other episodes, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you might get your podcasts from. And if you want to see Paul's face looking shocked, we do have Twitter, an Instagram page, and a TikTok page that you can follow us under. So it's under the handle SP underscore film viewers. So at some point I will be posting that. Obviously, after this is aired, mm-hmm. there will be a yeah. picture of Paul's because we don't want to spoil people before they listen to us. But No, we're doing it in a way so that it makes still entice people to go and listen to this episode. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to just tell them. But yeah, we're not going to tell you the scores before you listen. I don't know what we're saying this bit in the thing because when you listen to this episode, yeah. Yeah, but there's going to be a picture, I'm sure. So if you want to see that, by all means, you can do that under us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. No, we don't have Facebook anymore. (laughs) We do, but we just don't use it. Don't use it. TikTok now and again. Under the handle, SP underscore film viewers. There we go. Yeah, that's the main thing. And, of course, if you would like to leave a five-star review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts and wherever else they do the scoring system. And we do have a lovely Buy Me A Coffee page. I do know things are tight at the moment for a lot of people with everything going up. So we appreciate that money is not as easy um, Mm -hmm. at the moment. But if anyone does want to do any kind donation or anything like that, then it is always much appreciated, Um, especially for Paul as he does all the hard work. And I think he might need a strong drink after my score because he's that shocked. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you next time. Speak to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.